Welcome to Generation Why Am I Like This. I'm Alec. I'm Casey. And I'm Liz. And this is the podcast where we look back at some of our favorite pop culture moments from our childhoods. Uh, As always, literally, we say this every time, we are thrilled for this week and actually for this month. Um, This is the beginning of June, which uh, some people may know, should know, is uh, commonly referred to as Gay Pride Month or LGBTQ plus Pride Month. Um, We decided that we would all pick different things for our topics that sort of tied in with the queer community um, or had some underlying queer context, queer undertones, or maybe explained a little bit about uh, the gay world to us before we even knew what it might be explicitly. Um, So this first week, we have all decided to do a super episode, and we're all going to be talking about a fantastic movie, but I'm a cheerleader. But before we get to that part, we are (laughs) going to do a little bit of just, you know, general history of Pride Month um, and why it exists. (laughs) Take it away, Casey. (laughs) A new segment called Queer History. We're going to do every episode from now on forever. (laughs) Oh, God. I have to think of something then for mine. uh, No, it's fine. I'll do it every week so I can talk for another 30 minutes on every episode. (laughs) Sounds like a dream for you. I'm happy. I, I love this for you. (laughs) all right well as alec mentioned that june is pride month and thinking about it i was like a lot of people don't understand why it's in june and so i was just like let's let's talk about it let's have a fun moment let's celebrate why this month is important to the queer community so as many people know hopefully about the stonewall riots um so we're just gonna people died at stonewall casey people died (laughs) oh my god who was that which queen was that um that was Derek Barry, right? Yeah. Oh my god. It was, it <laughs> was 100% Derek Barry. <laughs> oh. um, well, while there are other like LGBTQ riots that happened in our country before Stonewall riots, Stonewall was like the most pivotal in the fight for queer rights. So, at the time in New York City specifically, but also in many other cities around the country, there were various different laws that were very anti-gay and also gender conforming laws isn't that bonkers like it's something that i grew up and i just didn't realize was a real thing i was like wait Mm -hmm. so they gay people were illegal for a long time like that's it's absolutely ridiculous to me well i mean it's why we had sodomy laws for the long like we still do in some places but it even was so much that um i know i think some of men but i only read specifically that women had to wear a specific number of gendered clothing So, like, if you were out and you weren't wearing three articles of clothing that aligned with femininity, then you could be arrested for it. Well, I mean, it was just, like, what, a few years ago that they finally let women in Congress wear not skirts or something. Right? It's so stupid. Yeah, and now they're just pantsless and, you know, they're just wearing their underwear and nothing else. Yeah. (laughs) And another thing (laughs) I I found (laughs) very interesting was... So one of the reasons why there were so many um, specific like gay bars in New York City and across the country was because they were run by the mafia. And mm-hmm. during Prohibition, yep. they opened up the mafia opened up a lot of like underground speakeasies. And since it already was a secret establishment, like queer people flocked to them. So then the mafia started making very specific bars so that queer people could flock to them so they can make money off of them. Not only from liquor, but also the more well-established figureheads in the cities that went there, they could extort them and actually make their money through extortion. So, queer rights. Um. (laughs) (laughs) Queer rights brought to you by capitalism. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, so there was like this long standing tradition, though, of these gay bars being raided. And so the police would typically give like a heads up to the bar so that they would know when they were being raided and like specific people wouldn't be there and maybe they arrested a few people, but it would never, it never was a huge thing. Um, a lot of the people that got arrested were actually the bartenders. And I oh, thought yeah. it was funny. I mean, that... it was, it was like a huge thing for the gay community. Like, oh yeah. Like people but lived in fear, like... like, cause if you were caught and arrested, they would put your name in the paper and then you could get fired from your job for being at a gay establishment, whether or not you identified as gay. Oh yeah, totally. For the longest time, how they actually like went in and like, quote unquote, raided these bars, it was like a monthly practice. So for specifically at Stonewall, um, it was a very popular gay club for people to go to because it was the only club where you could actually go dancing. And Mm -hmm. they like allowed that. And their system was when the police showed up for the raids, um, all the specific rooms had like fun dance lighting, but they would flip on the normal lighting. So people knew to like separate from each other. Mm -hmm. If you were dressing and like, a different gender than what you were assigned at birth. You would like have time to change your clothes and it was just normal procedure. And the police literally like let that happen and didn't care Um, because it was more about being paid by the mafia under the table Mm. to support these bars than anything else. So the rates were just like time dirty cops is like kind of nice. I'm kidding. (laughs) One anecdote that I thought was funny is specifically about Stonewall is that so when the police would come and raid them, they'd take all the liquor. So every single night, they would have a car down the street full of alcohol in the trunk. Wow. So after they were raided, they would just go bring all of that they in. They should have so just done continue. a mobile bar. You could have just done yeah. food service and done that. <laughs> well, they even had backup bartenders that would know right. where the stuff was to go to get it because the bartenders were typically the ones who were arrested. Yeah. So it's like crazy. fantastic. Didn't also like a lot of the mafia people that ran these bars, like they would pay off the cops to sort of get um oh, like yeah. immunity and like get looked over until like whatever time they decide to actually do the raid yeah so a lot of this was just an underground way for the police to make more money and extort you people know in that way they used to be problematic so, since day one and this is right? not day it's, one i'm telling yeah no it's like extortion for everyone that's <laughs> queer history in america right um so prior to when the Stonewall riot actually happened, there was a shift in um, how everything was being handled. So not only were bars starting to be raided, but they were actually shut down completely. So I think specifically in Greenwich Village, there were four gay establishments that were completely shut down. And this was like new because normally it was like, you're not even close for the night. Mm -hmm. You can keep on like doing your business after the raid happens. But now it was like trying to wipe out essentially the queer communities and queer spaces. So on June 28th, 1969, at the Stonewall Inn, um, they were raided by the police. And what was different about this for them, too, is they didn't have a heads up. They literally had no idea. There were two, um, it was either two or four, I can't remember, undercover cops. It was either two men and two women or one man and one woman that went into the bar and, like, scoped everything out so they could actually visually see who was there and what was going on before the rest of the police even showed up. So then the police did come and they started arresting people like crazy but typically in the past people would like give their ids and like really like be compliant with cops Mm -hmm. but no one was having it this time and they were all like from the get-go kind of fighting back which some people i wasn't there obviously i won't say some (laughs) of them i wasn't there um i know i am an immortal but for some reason i just missed (laughs) this date Uh, (laughs) but some people do state that a growing animosity not only happened because of the climate that was happening in New York City against queer people, 
but also um, because that week as well, Judy Garland had passed away. And she was a huge oh. queer um, advocate and a queer symbol for many people. So, so people what you're were saying already is like, Judy Garland through the first break at Stonewall. Well, I'm saying her spirit did. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> she worked through people. But there are people <laughs> that, like, I was listening to interviews about them being like, a lot of the queer community was already, like, on their last straw because it only happened a couple days ago. And then this happened on top of it, which I was like, interesting timing. So while people were being arrested and taken outside, there was just a growing crowd of people in Greenwich Village, which at the time too, Greenwich Village was like the gay part of New York City. People flocked and that's where a lot of the queer community lived in general. Yeah, so, I mean, it's still sort of is, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> so like the crowd started as just like a few people and then it literally quickly became like 150 to 100 people at like 2 a.m. standing outside. And one account I read was that there was a woman that was being like hit on the head by a police officer um, trying to be like escorted to one of the vehicles. And she literally was like, why aren't you doing anything to the crowd? And then that stirred the crowd enough to actually like start pelting them. And it started well with like throwing pennies and then it went beer bottles and then just escalated more and more until they actually like had the clop, uh, the, had the cops like flee the entire scene. So mm -hmm. the first night they actually like, in a sense, one, like the cops left. Um, sadly, that wasn't the only instance and the actual riots lasted for several days. But then how this ties into greater pride in general is that a year later to commemorate the riots and everything that happened, they did, um, there were local organizers that created the Christopher Street Liberation Day. Um, and they did their first march from Christopher Street to Central Park. And their theme was gay pride specifically um, as an idea to combat a stigma against like shame that was tied to the queer community. And with that first one, it went to other cities and they continued to, to kind of do this tradition until we are expanded to an entire month of quote unquote gay pride, which is why we have said gay pride for a long time instead of like no. queer or LGBTQ is because it actually was also this theme as well. Right. And yeah, I think it's important to also note that um, unfortunately there was still a lot of, like segregation and stigma even in the queer community because a lot of the people who were kind of starting all of the this on the ground action were trans women but they were still so yeah. ostracized from the gay community like there's uh, a wonderful documentary i think it's on netflix um about marcia p johnson and they talked to sylvia rivera a lot who were both two mm -hmm. trans women of color that you know, were there and they show this clip of them talking in front of the massive crowd at Washington Square Park. I think it was the first Gay Liberation Day or Christopher Street Liberation mm -hmm. Day. And they're just getting booed off stage because they're there and they're existing. And they're like, uh, these women are like, you, if you are fighting for yourselves, you need to fight for us because we're part of your community and we're also like fighting for you. So I think um, I'm happy that it's the umbrella is yes. broadened. Uh, the umbrella has brought in so much so that I believe the the newer, quote unquote, newer version of like the gay pride flag now incorporates trans colors and colors for people of color, uh, if that makes any sense. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy it's been opened up a lot. No, I'm I'm glad that the the pride flag has changed to kind of shape to really say like, these are the communities that even in our like underrepresented community are even more underrepresented. So we need to yeah. bring them to the forefront yeah. to really show like we're fighting for their rights.
Oh, and I'll plug it again. I will plug this as many times as I need to. I highly recommend people donate to uh, any organizations that are supporting trans people across the country, across the world. I highly recommend the Marsha P. Johnson Institute in New York City. And I highly recommend uh, For the Gworls, G-W-O-R-L-S. Um, they help provide trans people with resources and advocacy and all that fun stuff. So. I've all, I also like the Okra Project. It's yeah, yeah, the Okra, Okra Project, right? And those yeah. those are very. I believe all three of those might be New York City based. Um, they do work around the country as they're available to. But so, like, look into places that are uh, local. Yeah, local and and working on your communities too, or or communities internationally because there's a lot of places where they have you know even it even worse. There there are places where people can still get stoned to death for being gay. Uh, yeah. you know, and needless to say, people who are trans are even worse off. So, yeah. And if you want to help locally too, most cities have a queer youth like housing situation for yeah. the homeless youth. So I definitely like give money to that because homelessness is a huge issue with queer youth that people don't like to talk about. Yep. Um, yeah. Cool. But I, I was laughing a second ago because I thought you were going to say, I mean, I've said it before and I'll say it again. Fuck the police. <laughs> oh, no, I actually, no, you're right. I was going to interject because a yeah, cab, like, fuck the police. Um, also, I'm very excited because it was just announced like last week that, um, or yes. this will be a couple weeks by the time this comes out, that New York City Pride is banning cops from being part of Pride. Um, other than I'm, a, I'm sure they'll be they're controlling crowds and stuff, but they can't like march in the parade, which I think is hilarious. And like the five gay police officers in the NYPD are like really sad about it. I'm like, boohoo, like get over yourself. Yeah. Which that was actually one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of do this to start the episode, because there is such a stir in people of being upset about cops not being allowed to be a part of gay pride. And I'm like, it literally was a riot against came back, them. Yeah. And so it's weird to try, especially in New York city where it started to celebrate that moment with police officers there it's like the system isn't fixed it's not better so we're not going to pretend like it is and you can't be invited to the picnic sorry bro yeah i'm just hoping in general we're getting to a point where we're like over the hump of oh if we just slap a rainbow flag on anything like people will go crazy for it like we were talking before we started this recording (laughs) about the target pride line which has like been a thing for years but Nowadays, it feels like 90% of the stuff they put out is just, like, really ugly. I'm sorry if you love it, but, like, it's not cute. And <laughs> it's just, like, commercialism trying to get more money. Yeah. Is all it I is. think the biggest hate crime is Skittles taking away the colors <laughs> of their rainbow for Pride Month to be, like, focus on another rainbow. And I'm like, I would what? like to know which one is the green Skittle so I don't eat it because I don't like it. And I now you ruined it. Skittles. Wait, I green like as do. in lime or green as in sour apple? Didn't they have sour apple for a while? I it's was thinking still sour lime. apple. Okay. It's, they changed it. They officially changed it to apple. So wow, maybe that's also why I don't like it because I eat it. and I'm like, this is not a lime. This is not what I want. <laughs> <laughs> but like, why why would you take away the one specific candy that's already rainbow colored? And instead of being right. like, or, guess what? You know Double what they rainbow. could have done? They could have added like a light blue, a white, and a pink color for like trans pride or. I, I don't, it's not a, an appealing color for a candy that's supposed to be colorful, but like, you know, brown or black or something, you know, figure it out. They have more money than we do to figure that out. Yeah. It, no, it's stupid. It makes me mad. <laughs> it's the same thing. It always makes me laugh when like, there's like a t-shirt that says like feminism. And I'm like, I wonder, if this, <laughs> I wonder if the CEO of this company is like a woman or like, right. or 
are they doing anything in this company that creates these t-shirts to make sure there's like gender equality or like same thing with like then pride are they like uh you know are they making sure that their company is like inclusive yeah. of all people yeah. like they hire people and yeah. i'm gonna guess no i'm gonna guess the human, a lot of those the human places, rights organization no. isn't the you know the end all be all on everything um but they do have they do rank like the equality index for like big corporations so i highly mm -hmm. recommend it and they also have breakouts for like how inclusive they are for trans people uh, if they provide like trans inclusive healthcare, all that stuff so if you ever want to do some research also you there are plenty of queer people out there on etsy making their own shit that helps support an actual queer person who believes in these things and it's um, much cuter probably Oh, 100 well, I'm yeah. sure. <laughs> Actually, I don't even say probably. I, yeah. I like, say I know piggybacking on what you said, Liz, I often think about the photo of these women in a sweatshop making merchandise that said feminism yeah. on it. Yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. we did it. Hashtag girl boss. You got girl it. Boss. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. The girl boss movement is dead. You know that, right? Well, yeah. They canceled after season one. <laughs> womp womp. <laughs> Yeah. So now let's talk about the funniest movie about uh, <laughs> gay conversion, conversion therapy. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, it's funny because my pick is also connected to gay conversion camps. So yeah, mine's connected to camps. Mine is connected. <laughs> yeah. Period. Mine's connected to nipples. If you like nipples, <laughs> I, I won't mean, spoil it yet. I won't spoil of, it yet. There but. is a lot of nipple shots in. But I'm a cheerleader at the beginning, so... Yeah, the other is... This was the 90s. You were nipping out the whole movie, and yeah. they did it on purpose. And <laughs> honestly, it worked in this one. I was happy about it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about the movie, I guess. So, first of all, I don't really... I never saw this when I was younger. I think the first time I watched this was maybe with one of you, I want to say. And honestly, watching it for this podcast was the second time I've watched this movie. Um, but this, mov this movie is iconic, and, and I yeah. wish I had seen it when I was younger. It is hilarious. It's very on the nose. It is the the visuals are just amazing. I love all of the art direction in it. And they did this on like 10 cents. They made this movie on nothing. Um, and also like, what, what a cast. Like... Oh yeah, Natasha Leon, like Clea Duvall, Michelle Williams is like that little friend character at the I beginning, know. which is uh -huh. bonkers. And he slash she who shall not be named, the owner of the fracking ranch in Montana, uh, <laughs> is also in this movie and is decent. So, yeah. but also Mink stole uh, Mink Kathy stole, Moriarty. Yes. She is wild. She is iconic in this movie. <laughs> She's so good. Who Dante Bosco is also in this, and I love him. Um, and Wesley Mann who was also in a lot of... He was actually in several episodes of That's So Raven. So <laughs> The guy with the face. And like yeah, a, the guy with the a better way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. He's in like a ton of stuff. Yeah. But I'm sure it's one of those people's like, oh, I've never known your name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I yeah, I just don't have a strong background as a child with this movie, but or as a younger person. But what were your guys' like, experiences before being an adult with this movie? Uh, I mean, I think I saw this movie in college, so I can't say that this was, like, a young movie for me either, mm -hmm. but I have seen it a lot more times than you have. Yeah. Uh, I love this movie. I put it on. It's a good, like, movie to just throw on. Like, I had some, uh, You just cozy friends. up and go to sleep to, like, gay conversion <laughs> therapy. Well, it's, like, it's, I just think it's a good, yeah. it's a well-paced movie. It's visually cool. Yeah. I remember I had, like, people over in, uh 
like my parents' backyard and they have like a TV outside or whatever and we were playing board games and I was just like looking through like something to find and I was like, hey, let's freaking put on But I'm a Cheerleader. And neither of them had ever seen it before. So it was nice. pretty fun because they, I think they were like really zoned into the movie. I was like, okay, come on, we're playing a game. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> How dare you also like this movie that I like? Why are you looking at these queers right now? We're playing Monopoly. Are you gay? But, I mean, it's such a... Like, like you said, the art direction is literally perfect. Like, oh yeah, it's uh so great. I mean, it feels like a. I would say I don't know. This might be mean, but like a little bit of a on the more palatable side of the John Waters films. Like, it would be like a more palatable John Waters. Like, sure. I, it's not a I John gotcha. Waters film, but like right. it's like uh, it has the more like commercial. Vibes. Yeah, like more commercial John Waters. Nobody's eating like, dog here's shit. Spray ish. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Casey? Um, well, I did watch this. <laughs> so it came out in 1999. And I'm pretty sure I saw it in like 1999 or 2000. Because I, I don't remember when I first saw this. But this was one of my favorite movies growing up. I don't know what channel we had, but they played this all the time. It was probably like Logo <laughs> or some shit. Uh, sure. <laughs> but Dude, I love Logo I can't imagine... they played Buffy reruns all the time. Oh, yeah. I can't imagine right? like ABC was playing this or something, you know? Right. Well, and I also remember watching with my mom. We watched a lot of gay movies together. There's like, thanks, mom. It's wonderful. <laughs> thanks, Casey's mom. It's like, what? It, get, Casey, this is your root. <laughs> this is your root. This is your like, root. You yes. This is my gay root. movies with your mom. <laughs> and, I mean, it could have like, started before. It could have been like the Sailor Moon and like Power Rangers. <laughs> there, so, uh, what? So, my favorite things as a kid were like Sailor Moon. Um, I loved, oh, uh, Meg Ryan rom-coms. My mom and I watched those all together. And, and super queer movies like this and in and out were like two and the birdcage. Those were like three top tier movies of me as a kid. Of course I'm like, I just watched the birdcage for the first time last year. It's so good. What? Oh my gosh. Wild. Um, Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But yeah, no. So I, I just grew up with this movie and it is to me, people use the word camp. And they don't fully know what it means. But this movie to me is camp. Like this movie the aesthetic, is camp. Like yeah. the style, the humor, the acting, even like how it's filmed. This is pure camp. And it's camp with like a great message and story. Because camp doesn't always have to be like way over the top funny. Some yeah. I saw some stuff about like kids thinking that camp was just like bad overacting. And I was like... No, those are 2000s comedies. You're getting that confused. Yeah. Also, then when you have like the Met Gala being like, the theme is camp. And then you have like the Kardashians showing up in just like bright colored gowns. I'm like, that that's not camp. I'm sorry. No. Now, if you covered your entire outfit with geez, giant ass daisies, I would be a fan of it. Because that daisy yeah. wall in this film is amazing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like I said, the art <laughs> direction is flawless. Yeah. Like there's nothing wrong with it. Should we just do like the briefest, most overview rundown of the plot yeah. line, just so people, if you've yeah. not seen the movie, like stop this podcast now and go watch it? Well, because it's I wrote it. a brief little summary. <laughs> yeah, um, okay. it's about gay stuff. Yeah. That's that's pretty much <laughs> that sums it all up, honestly. Yeah, I thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> it took me a while to think of it. <laughs> Basically, the movie is about Natasha Leone, who's a high school cheerleader. She's a cheerleader, but I'm a cheerleader. Um, and she, you see clips of her, like, obviously she's thinking about other girls. She's not enjoying making out with her high school boyfriend, who's a football player. Um, and very early in the movie, she walks into her home and she, there's an intervention and they're like, we think you're a lesbian. And they say lesbian, like 
you're a lesbian. Mink Stoll, like, Mink Stoll, like, eats in this movie. It is so good. She's the moment. Um, And they send her to gay conversion therapy, basically. And it's this, like, ridiculous house. How do you spend time in this house and not be gay, honestly? Um, Oh, yeah. I know. (laughs) And it's run by this, like, wild lady played by, what's her name? Sorry. I had it a little bit ago. And you just said it, Casey. Um, I exited out of the screen. Oh, it's fine. Uh, uh, God, the last name, whatever. We can cut that out. Uh, it's run Kathy. by this <laughs> Kathy. Um, <laughs> the gay conversion therapy place is run by this like wild woman who has all these weird rules and like basically forcing the male identifying and female identifying people to like make out and like all this weird, crazy shit and do things that are very affirming of their uh, stereotypical gender identities and very heteronormative. Uh, yes, like, yes, bullshit. yes, yes. Um, and <laughs> like shenanigans happen like they basically start with an ultimatum that like a lot of their families are going to disown them if they don't pass this basically what it's like a course and how to be straight but natasha leon falls in love with uh another girl at this place who's played by clea duvall who is phenomenal um and in the end they run off together and it's great it's a wonderful ending it's so Um, good i feel like this is a good time to just really quickly slide in here and say Mm, uh, Duval, <laughs> uh, she directed and wrote a movie called The Intervention that's from 2016, and I watched it this year. I, I did I love the movie? Not necessarily. I think it has its, it, but it, like it's not a movie I'm gonna watch a lot. I guess is what I'm saying. It's kind of like okay. a mumblecore feeling movie, like where it's just mm. a bunch of people like hanging out and like talking, and there's not that much plot. It's an but, indie comedy. But the thing is, is that Clea Duval is. Uh, like her partner is Natasha Leone, and they come together to this like where all the families are like ev- all the siblings are meeting up to have an intervention for one of their siblings who they think should get divorced and they're trying to tell this this couple like you are so unhappy you should get divorced but oh. then while it's ha- while they're there at the intervention Melanie uh Lins- Linsky uh she also is one of the sub or she's like friends with them or something she's also there with her like fiance and anyways at one point in the movie melanie linsky and clea duval make out and then like it's a whole thing like it's just like so ridiculous and it made me laugh that all three of those women were in it because obviously they're all three in uh, this movie and so i and then i went on letterbox after i watched the movie which is a like review website and, like, a bunch of people just wrote, like, yeah, Clea Duval just wrote and directed this movie so she could make out with Melanie and, and uh, Natasha again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... And, like, I was like, ah! Honestly. <laughs> well, she never makes up out with Melanie, I guess, in this movie. But, anyways, it's wonderful. Um, and this has been another segment of Liz Talks About Another Movie <laughs> in our episode. Thank you. You beat me to it. I was going to say it. <laughs> I I'm saw you sorry, laughing. I was like, but this is, no, like, don't apologize. I think it's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I... Yeah, never, never apologize. It's kind of my favorite thing right now. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be our new segment. Uh, we'll add it to many good things at the end. You know the to assignment fair, we have? It's, it's always like movies that are too new for us to actually do as an episode. And that's yeah. usually why yeah. I bring them up. Yeah, so. I love it. I thought you were going to, when you were like, Clay Duvall written, wrote and directed this movie, I thought you were going to be like the happiest season. I was like, why are you talking about this? Right <laughs> oh. Which was like, I thought it was a fun movie, but. Yeah, you were. I thought you were going to be like transitioning and be like, speaking of uh, Clea Duvall, she looks really hot in a lot of these scenes. Can we talk uh, about the I scene? Mean, she does. Yeah, <laughs> where the scene where she's just like washing out her mouth and she like the <gasps> water dripping. 
Yeah. I every time I watch that, I'm like, I'm lesbian now, right? <laughs> I, mean, I, I think it's I, just this, this is a testament to the direction, and like, I don't know how much cinematography happened in this movie, but like, it's beautiful to look at. I think it's yeah. shot very well. Mm-hmm. The water pouring out of her mouth, literally. <laughs> I should be Casey disgusted by it. Water. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I watch it every time, and I'm just like, how did they? How does this? How does any of this work right now? Because it does. Like, if I was a lesbian, I would be like, I know I'm a lesbian now. I'm full gay. This gay. Wait, I feel like I feel gay. like Casey, you knew so early that you were gay that this movie didn't make you question if you were straight or not, but made you question if you were maybe like a lesbian. You know, like yes. you were already gay, and you were like, wait, maybe I like women. Hundred percent. I know I'm a queer person. I just don't know where I sit on the scale. <laughs> sure. Hey, it's all fluid in my view, you know? Yeah. It's not straight, but the feelings I'm having are lesbian feelings. I know that for sure. Been there, done yeah. that. Yeah, no, Queen of All is everything. The faculty, like, honestly, she's in an episode of Buffy and she looks freaking great, even though it's Yeah, like, she's like the invisible girl, terrible right? episode. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, well, and also, like... Not to just like gush over how these people look because their performances are amazing too, but Natasha Leone in that cheerleading outfit. Oh what? yeah, she's so adorable. She's serving Whataburger realness, <laughs> <laughs> right? I oh so, I mean we've talked about everything already, but <laughs> I realized. <laughs> I mean so, this is going to be the episode we're just going to like gab about the movie and yeah. It'll be great. So the very end of the movie, they're doing like a graduation ceremony, and all the, the boys are in like. <laughs> Leather, these vinyl, vinyl blue vinyl, yeah. yeah like tuxedos how do and they the put girls... them in these outfits and think they i don't know straight? like what <laughs> it's so cute it's so good that's the thing also the one thing that i will say about this movie is that i feel like it almost makes gay conversion camps look too good um <laughs> yeah. because it's like i mean there's no way this is anywhere near the abuse that people go through when they go to a gay conversion camp and oh no so, and I mean, which obviously I don't, that's not the movie I want to watch. This is a fun movie and it's like, huh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. but, uh, you know, watching this movie, I was like, how does she think this is going to f- convert anyone? Like, right. <laughs> oh, yeah. like, which like, I think that's their not... message. Like, this doesn't work. It's like, so ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. The idea of changing someone's sexuality through like forcing them to is so ridiculous. We're just going to show it that the world's ridiculous for thinking. It's almost it's right. like the musical Reefer Madness was like making fun of like, the propaganda of the original yeah. Reefer yeah. Madness being like, it's very you really think this is happening? Like, oh, well, I'm going to show you a, a guy musical. that becomes a cannibal and eats people because right. he smoked weed. Like, and it's stupid. But and then um, we're going to put, speaking of another like lesbian moment for Casey, we're also going to put Kristen Bell in that in a Dominic's <laughs> costume <laughs> yeah. and make me question my life again. <laughs> that Mary Sunshine um, scene is so good. Oh my God. Never, we're, so we're not good. talking about uh, that. Sorry. Also, how is this movie not a musical yet? Because I think this movie lends so well to theater because of the <laughs> visuals. Yeah. Or at least the play. Like, I'm like, this would be a great stage show. Like, <laughs> it's wonderful. It's pretty easy. It's all, like, basically one location. Yeah. I mean. And oh my gosh, like, musical theater montages are, like, the best thing ever. And they have this whole stuff about, like, masculinization and feminizing people. And I would love it. I'd love everything yeah. about right. it. Totally. But anyways, what I was saying, because <laughs> yeah. I didn't forget, I just want to bring up, it's a stupid thing I noticed. So the girls in the graduation ceremony are wearing like pink vinyl dresses. And then her name's Megan, who Natasha Leone plays. Megan comes in wearing her cheerleading outfit, which is white and orange. 
and the lesbian flag is pink, white, and orange. And I was like, I they're the lesbian flag together. together. And this is so before good. the lesbian flag was made, but I'm like, they did oh, it. Yeah. They saw this the movie, future. This movie was the one that created it. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, I'm pretty sure whoever made that flag watched this movie and was like, I have to come up for reasons why it's pink and orange, but it's this scene. It's this scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I get that it. That is so funny. That's yeah. awesome. So throughout the movie, you see like the little sessions. They're trying to train these kids to be straight in and like, they're also stylized like they keep putting the the girls in like these monochromatic rooms that like literally everything is painted the same color pink or blue or purple or whatever and they're like making them change baby diapers and stuff but it's just such a look <laughs> and then like the boys are outside like chopping wood and there's like little fake cut out trees and stuff for no reason but it's that it's are shaped amazing. like penises yes they're all yes. shaped like penises and well I love and then it. there's there's like the they're doing like quote unquote like combat training or army training and um there's like a cutout of like a soldier guy holding a gun and then a guy like surrendering down on his knees but the gun is like coming out from his crotch and it looks like a dick it is hilarious um those cutouts are like top tier comedy because not only are they like stupid but they're also like all painted blue and then to do the shading they used glitter to do (laughs) To like create that the silhouettes. That is camp. That is camp, friends. It's so good. Oh, there's also um, when they were working on the car, there's a giant wrench and then two nuts to also make a penis. I don't even think I saw that. That's oh, hilarious. I don't think I saw that either. That's amazing. <laughs> it's so funny. Do you think they were just like whoever was the production designer? They were like, here's some luan, like cut out whatever you want and <laughs> go to town. <laughs> and they were like, we're gonna make a dick out of everything. <laughs> and they literally did. everything needs to be a dick. Yeah. I do want to say too because this is. Like, I saw this at such an early age. This is the only thing I knew RuPaul for doing until RuPaul's mm. Drag Race. Mm. I actually had never seen RuPaul actually fully in drag, I think, sure. until I watched an episode of that. So it was really jarring to be like, oh, RuPaul, the actor in But I'm a Cheerleader. <laughs> I'm oh, is this sure a side project, a... RuPaul? You, you can drag it as a side project, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a hobby. I'm pretty sure there's a RuPaul song on the soundtrack for this movie. The one that the hot guy's dancing to, right? Yeah, and he's yeah, like yeah, yeah. out with the weed eater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The soundtrack to this movie, by the way, in general, is really great. Yeah. Um, it's and I mean, there's not a ton of songs on it, but I just like I listened to it in the car today because I was getting all hyped for the movie, and I was like, "This is such a good soundtrack." <laughs> yeah, that that title sequence at the beginning is I can't remember what that song is, but it's so good. Yeah. I also have to say this movie starting out. It's the one time where I've seen a movie super sexualize women. And I'm like, I'm here for it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Like, the shot for shot, they do the same thing in hundreds of movies. But this movie alone, I'm like, it has a purpose. And it makes sense. So it's great. It's also Yes, it's sexualizing women. But it's also, like, in a weirdly innocent way. Like, because it's, like, from her point of view. And she isn't like oh i'm gonna tear these girls clothes off and like da 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 yeah she doesn't understand that there's anything wrong with liking girls and maybe liking guys appreciating their body like i it the thing with like most comedies that start like this like it's like immediately then it's a guy being like oh yeah i just want to like f that girl (laughs) like (laughs) dumb idiot like and so then that's it immediately becomes disgusting but like this right. I I feel like because it, you know it's from her point of view, it makes it like less weird. I don't know. It's so good. Also, can we talk about I would never date a man again if I had to kiss her boyfriend because I the know. way he kisses is disturbing. 
She just There's opens so her mouth tongue. and he's like licking all inside of her mouth. Right? It's just like, what the F? I've like, kissed people like that before and it is not fun. Let me tell tongue you. Tongue first. Tongue first. Walk into the club, <laughs> tongue first. <laughs> it like every time, which I mean, her face is her hilarious making out. because She goes like yeah. cross-eyed and looking in the distance. But yeah. like, it's... It's probably the most but disgusting thing in the movie. It works so well, though, because, like, to contrast with it, when she finally gets to make out with Clay Duvall, that is sexy. Like, that is... Okay, like, yes. I know we're... Like, these are, like, high school girl-age characters, but, like, I... Actually, I don't... I'm assuming they're all over 18 by the time they film this movie. So it came Because it's a sexy scene, but, yeah. like, I also just don't want to be Natasha like... Natasha no. Leone would have been, uh, like, 19 whenever she filmed it. And I think Clay Duvall's older. She's born in 1977. Yeah, so. yeah she's older mm-hmm. than Natasha Leon. Yeah, so they they were adults, so we can objectify them. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Wonderful. I love it. You're like that uh, old gay guy in that. <laughs> I like, like boys and men. <laughs> <laughs> but oh the my boys God. have to be over 18. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was your Caitlyn Jenner voice. I don't know what voice you were trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my um, God. Okay, well, uh, I do have to talk about, so when we meet the two ex-gays, yeah, yeah, whatever they are, Um, so when we meet them, and they obviously come to, like, take all the kids to go to a gay bar. um, The cocksucker. Yeah, the The cocksucker. But then we see them again later in the movie, because uh, they go to protest at their house, and uh, I just can't ever get over how freaking funny that sign is that she's holding. Silly faggot cause... sticks are for chicks. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally so funny. Like, it's horrible, but I'm like, yeah. no. It's, it's so funny. It is. Uh, I uh-huh. honestly think one of the best shots in the movie is when the rest of the group that she's with they like leave to go to the leave. van and she's and just she, standing just there her. alone with yeah. the sign like it's so visually striking because her sign is bright pink and it's just kind of this you know and she's so sad exterior, like, yeah, she, yeah. So it's, beautiful. it's like somehow she's holding this hilarious and super offensive sign but the scene conveys so much emotion like this movie is just it's just so well done like I, I know it truly is Speaking of, like, a similar feeling scene, uh, there's the scene where they are talking about what their root is for why they became homosexual. When Clea Duvall, or not Clea Duvall, sorry, when Natasha Leone is talking to her parents and she's, like, kind of like, well, remember when dad didn't have a job for a while and, like, (laughs) mom had to take over? And he was like, that was only for six months or whatever. And she's like, yeah, but then I saw mom kind of being the dad and da-da-da-da. And the dad looks so hurt and like yeah, i don't okay. know why but that scene makes me so sad i mean honestly time. that's what gender stereotypes do to people like I know. yeah <laughs> come on they hurt people they destroy lives yeah and so i don't know that's such a that scene is always the scene that just like gets me as far as like being really sad for someone and it's of course for like the freaking straight dad so i don't <laughs> know why i feel bad for him and he's like the one that sent her to the camp but they do end up being the the betterish parents of, I would yeah. say, the group, uh, because at the end of the movie, we do get to see that they are part trying to become part of like the P flag parents. Yeah. Well, yeah. the dad so. is like is like proud and getting up and saying introducing himself, and the mom Minkstool is like hiding with a big hat in the crowd yeah. and like get over yeah. yourself. I do think that's the thing that to me is magical about this movie is that it's hilarious, hyper stylized, and like as campy as all get out, but also whenever they have a serious moment it's impactful like it yeah. it hits really hard 
Um, I think like I'm actually getting chills right now. The because um, I get super emotional watching this movie too. I'm glad I watched it by myself. <laughs> um, but like the end. So Clea Duvall's character is like graduating and she's gone through the program. And then Natasha Leone's character comes to like get her. And at first Clea Duvall's character is like, no, 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 I can't leave with you. And then she comes back and she does a cheer. And it's a stupid cheer. It is but, so like, stupid, but it's so cute. Yeah, she's just like bearing her soul and being like, I love you and I want to spend the rest of my life with you. And I don't care what that means and who's going to like hate us for it. But I I want to be with you. And every time I like literally tear up because I'm just like yeah. it. It's so dumb, but it works so well. It's so yeah. impactful. And well, and it feels like together. something a high schooler would do. Like it's it's not yes. like a, a, a Oscar winning monologue, you know, that someone spent hours writing. It just feels like, I don't know, it's cute. It's sincere. It's so earnest. Yeah. And like, that's what that character does. And the whole time of her being like, writing a cheer for like, this whole camp thing. And just like, I don't know, she seems so naive. But mm-hmm. you can tell that she like, there's more to her the entire movie. And so I don't know, I just love like, but I'm a cheerleader. And to me, the journey of like, what even that title means throughout the movie mm-hmm. changes so much. And her talking about that title of being someone who like, brings joy to people and sometimes just being happy to be happy is important Mm -hmm. and that's kind of just like the whole i don't know i'm just like it's so well done (laughs) i love it i love everything about it this is me gushing about it (laughs) no it's it's gush worthy yeah it makes you gush (laughs) wow Wow. (laughs) i don't think i have anything else specifically to talk about what do you what about you guys Uh, i did want to bring up that this movie has the most accurate depiction of a gay bar I've ever seen in any type of media. <laughs> I mean, there are, I've not seen that many lesbians in a gay bar in a long time. Granted, I'm not going to like lesbian centric bars, but yes. Yeah, but it's like, it's dingy. It's small. Like the dance floor only has a few people actually on it. It's not crowded yeah. by a whole bunch of hot guys. It's it just is like Missy B's. Regular people. <laughs> yeah. On a Friday night. Yep. <laughs> it, it just made me happy. Although Missy Bees has been hopping every time I've driven by it. There is a pandemic going on. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's why I haven't gone into it. But I would say that it's. uh... Uh, I do want to mention just a few more of the roots because they made me laugh. (laughs) Because one of them was a girl and she's like, my mother got married in pants. (laughs) (laughs) That one is hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Another girl, her root was that she was born in France. (laughs) Yes. And then um, the Jewish boy, I can't remember his name, but his was oh. just traumatic breast. Traumatic breast. <laughs> and I was like, breast. I don't know what that means. <laughs> oh. The character of Jan is essentially just this, like, this girl who doesn't conform physically, like, look at her appearance to what you would think a girl should be. And basically, that's the only reason she's there. But she's mm-hmm. not gay. She's just like, I like boys. I just don't like wearing skirts. And I like my because she has like her head shaved into a mohawk. And like, they just don't believe her. And it's like that part is so heartbreaking. And oh, yeah, she doesn't get to the end of the movie. She like runs off, I think, and like leaves in um, that scene. She just leaves. Yeah. She says, I quit. And she walks away. Right. Yeah, I know. So justice for Jam. <laughs> Also, uh, I do really appreciate the moment that Andre gets called out for not being able to graduate. 
And then he, Joel is trying to console him because Joel is like moving forward in the graduation. And Joel's like, you don't need to feel bad. Like you will have a great life. You're great. You're this, you're that. You're so sexy and blah, blah. And he goes, the last thing I need is a guy that just proved that he's straight is telling me that he's hot yeah. or whatever, whatever his so quote funny. is. And it's so good when he just goes off. And I'm like, I love I, this. Like that whole moment is so Him walking good. away and going, congratulations, uh, liars. <laughs> yeah. Oh, big gay yeah, energy it's right so there. funny. Um, Anyways, this yeah. movie's wonderful. Uh, if you've never, I hopefully you haven't listened to this all the way through. If you have never watched, it. I, even I if you know. have, go has, back and watch. Have, it. Has your mom? Seen I don't it? think <laughs> so. Not that I, I. She's never talked about it. So, I mean, here's the thing: this movie can, can be completely spoiled for you, and I don't think it loses any impact. No, like it, yeah. it's just as fun rewatching it. Yeah, it it to me is like a crazy rewatchable film. Yeah, I feel yeah. feelings for it every time. It's a feel-worthy movie. It's so good. Any any last words before we move on? Um, oh, I just want to say, so Dante Bosco. I just wanted to bring this up, too. Because if you don't know who that is, it's Rufio from Hook. And he also is like a very famous voice actor. He does um, Zuko and Avatar The Last Airbender. I loved his character and his arc, too, of him like being found making out with a boy. So he's kicked out. And then he's living with like the ex-gay people. And... Mm. Also, him just, like, leaving with his suitcase and still, like, not being angry at anyone for what happened, but just being, like, And he just waved. And, like, him taking the blame for it, too, even though he knew that he had no family or, like, no place to go back to. I don't know. He, I also say justice for him. Justice for Dolfo. Yes. He was phenomenal, and I felt so bad for him. He ended up happy. He got his boy in the end, too, but. Yeah, he's very good. Uh, and he's just super cute. <laughs> Before we wrap up the podcast, I'd like to let you know that we do have a visual companion to accompany this episode. You can find it on Twitter at Why Am I Like This, Instagram at Why Am I Like This Podcast, or Facebook under Generation Why Am I Like This fan page. If you'd like to reach out to us, we also have an email, which is Why Am I Like This at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, uh, donate your time or money to gay and or queer and or trans organizations. And, uh, yeah, we before we do this, we hope you have a great start to your Pride Month. And yeah, I guess we never well, like different places do Pride at different times. It's more of like a seasonal thing for them. But like June is like, the, you know, the umbrella, the overarching Pride Month. So yeah, June is established as Pride Month. And I think two presidents have also like declared it as such. So I will say that for America. That's ours. America. Great. Let's do so many good things. Uh, as of the time of recording this podcast, I... I'm a day away from opening my first show back in the live performance sphere. We had our final dress rehearsal last night. And like, I don't know. I didn't get emotional in the moment. But like thinking back on it, I was like, wow, we really fucking made art happen. And there's still a pandemic going on. And this I'm currently working with Opera Theater St. Louis. I'm an assistant stage manager here. We put together my address. This is (laughs) uh, is my social security number. This is my credit card. number. no. We like we're making fucking art happen and the company's doing so good um, at everything. It just feels so supported. And the show was great. We had some people in the audience last night for our dress rehearsal and they loved, you know, like you could feel the energy coming out Mm -hmm. that they loved it. They loved being there. And while we're not used to performing outside, we're going to adapt very quickly. And we already started to. And I'm just like happy. I'm, I'm I feel good. My heart is full. So that's my many good thing. Yay! That's a good one. We approve. Yeah, We're now approving many good things for people. Oh, God, great. 
Um, well, I'll go next. Uh, mine is a YouTuber, and uh, the channel is called Fundy Fridays. <laughs> and it's this uh, woman who comes on on Fridays, and she talks about Christian fundamentalism while doing Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and it's wonderful. Yes! Uh, it is so good. I highly recommend it. Her episode today was about Hobby Lobby. And, yeah, she just basically talks about certain parts of Christian fundamentalism and, like, different things. Like, I watched one recently about the uh, Creation Museum, which is wild. Right? Oh, my God. Um, if you've never if you've never heard of what that is, highly recommend her video. It's hilarious. Um, I mean, it's scary and hilarious, I guess you could say. Um, but, yeah, it's a great channel. She uh, I, She's actually from Missouri, oh, so I think that's, that's kind of fun. Um, I don't know if she's in Kansas City or not, but she, like, talked about Jesus Camp, and in that episode, she was like, and this is another reason to be embarrassed from being uh-huh. Missouri. <laughs> so, awesome. yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun. Jesus Camp, and I mean this in all seriousness, is my favorite horror film of all time. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, is so terrifying, <laughs> and it's one of the few things that actually scares me. When they bring out that cardboard cutout of George Bush, and they're like, we need to pray over him. And <gasps> like, oh, this it's so scary. It's weird being in downtown Lee Summit and just seeing the stuff that they walked by and all these moments that happened. I'm just like triggered. Oh, God. Yeah. Um, speaking of, um, my many good things <laughs> are being triggered. No. So <laughs> I have two. One of them I know will come to misreaction, uh, mixed reactions from this group. But they announced Love Victor season two coming out June 11th. And I'm very excited. Um, speaking of gay things, you know, queer TV show, go support. The other thing is, I've been talking about her like crazy on this podcast, you know, but Olivia Rodrigo finally dropped her album today. For the fourth time. (laughs) For the fourth time, it's Olivia Rodrigo. And while I will say, I am not obsessed with every song, I do not think there is a single bad song, though, on her album. Okay. I think the lyrics are great across the board, but I will say for like 12 songs... I love 10 of them. So that's great. That's a great album. Um, So go listen to it if you haven't. Sour, if you liked her other stuff. If you haven't liked her other stuff, then listen to it anyway. Help a girl out. Damn. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think that does it for us for the week. Um, Join us next week when we're once again continuing our Pride festivities. And uh, Liz will be leading us on a journey through. Saved. Saved. Exclamation point. Yes, yes, yes. Exciting. It's so happy. Keep bye. Are you down with the G-O-D? That's right. <laughs> oh my God. Exciting. Okay. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. bye.